be fine. Chaz's camera looks great. We're all looking good. Ah! Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 190 of Big Trouble the Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. <laughs> there it is, there it is. I'm Zach. <laughs> oh, man. We are here for more Pierce Brosnan. You did it. There we go. <laughs> We're doing The World Is Not Enough. Uh, I have some things to say about this movie, but I will talk about it later. Uh, but let's get to some news. Not news that matter to us. What That's okay, because I have things to say about this movie, too. Yes. I don't. I also have words. I have words <laughs> and sentences. I'm just on this podcast just to hang out. Punctuation. You're, for the, you're all for the ride. I didn't even watch it. I've never seen a Bond movie before. <laughs> your, your life is one. Are those ones where The Rock is like an Egyptian dude or something? Yeah, you mean Black Adam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Scorpion King? Yeah. I mean, he's an Egyptian dude, Black Adam as well. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was Egyptian in the rundown, or was he just... I heard he was a man. I I heard he was the manager for the SmackDown Hotel, but uh, he he's always changing careers. I I have no idea. Anyway, let's get into what the hell we've been playing, watching, or doing. I'll go first. I'm watching this show that apparently is in the DC universe called DMZ. Is that a is that a uh, comic, by the way? Does anybody know? It is a comic. Wasn't it? Is that a Garth Ennis comic, maybe? Or am I confusing? What's it called? DM? DMZ. Um, th- the, the, premise, the premise of the story is that a civil war happened in America. Uh, and Manhattan, the, I- the whole island is a DMZ zone. And it's full of, like, middle class and lower class civilians just living in there and the island is run by like gang members and they have political debates to be like the president of dmz so like right so uh, it's not the comic i was thinking of it's not written by Garthness, but it does seem it is from the vertigo imprint though so yeah so like you have the spanish crew like uh, debating against the Chinese crew triads and all that stuff. So I, it, there's four episodes. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it seems good so far, but I ha- we're like halfway through the season now. So and it's. I on- feel like it would just make me want to watch Escape from New York all the time. Yeah, it kind of looks like thing. it. It kind of looks like Escape from New York mixed with Last of Us. If you ever played the game Last of Us. Now I'm definitely gonna watch this. I saw it highlighted on, uh, I think HBO Max. Is that where you're watching? Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, I've seen it. I thought, oh, maybe I'll check this out. You've sold me. That might be the next thing I start. Yeah. So I, I was like, I was like, uh, it seems kind of like hokey, but I'm like, it's actually pretty interesting. And plus, I'm from New York or used to live in New York, and I was like, oh, I, I gotta watch it from New York. Uh, so I watched that. Uh, Games-wise, I played WWE 2K22. I started my rise with, with Joe King, and I was, I'm was i being a mega heel. I'm, like, choosing every shitty dialogue there is besides Chase. Because it was weird how, like, Chase was like, I'm your biggest fan, you know? I've seen you on, like, a reality show. And the first one I chose, I, I was like, are you a referee? <laughs> like, kind of dissing him that he's at the performance center. 
then out of nowhere, like the dialogue goes, you know, tell him I'll, you know, I'll, I got your back. And then the second option is I will injure you. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So I didn't choose that. Uh, and then the, it, it's on my YouTube channel, uh, the first episode, but Shawn Michaels and Road Dog. Uh, they're all like, "All right, Joe King, who's gonna be your opponent?" And you're supposed to like choose your performance member, trainees, and all that stuff. Joe King is like, "No, nah, I'm. I want to fight you, Shawn Michaels." And Road Dog is like, "You can't do that. Triple H in the camera doesn't agree with that." And Shawn Michaels is like, "I'm gonna do it." And I just continue to suplex him across the ring <laughs> and killed him, and and won. So. Um, it, it's fun so far. Oh, and I played showcase mode. I hate showcase mode. I just want to tell you guys that. I, 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 don't, I don't mind learning the history of, like, every character, like Rey Mysterio, and I, I forgot the other ones. I think Daniel Bryan was one of the showcase back in the day, or maybe Stone Cold. I don't remember. I just hate the whole, you have to do this certain move, and <laughs> they're literally trying to to play with the AI of like, get over here, damn it, get over here, I gotta do this fucking specific move because this is what happens in history. And it sometimes, you, you, like the instructions are, he's dazed, he has to stand up, and then you have to do a dive off of the top rope. But every time I pull him up and he's dazed, the, the way the camera angle is, I'm like shooting off of the whole apron into the side of the ring, and I'm like, fuck, it's so annoying. Um, so I just sped through it. I really don't care. The, the audio is all fucked up on Showcase because Rey Mysterio talks really, really low, and the music is really, really loud. So is it because he has a mask on, or it's like covering up his. He has voice? an opening. There's a little opening that he has that right. he can speak, but he's like, yeah, me, me, and Eddie Guerrero, and then he's like, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I can't hear him. <laughs> <Nick's poorly>. Yeah. <laughs> So I just skip all that, but I played WWE 2K22 and I watched this James Bond movie and then DMZ. Um, I'm trying to think there's one more movie. Oh, The Adam Project with Ryan Reynolds on Netflix. Oh. Watch it. It's fun. It's a fun movie. So. I hate fun. You hate fun? Well, if you hate fun, you're next. What have you been playing, watching, or doing? <laughs> uh, I decided to watch a fun movie, so... Uh... Uh, watched uh, that new, I think it's Pixar, Disney Pixar deal, Turning Red. It's on uh, Disney Plus. It's pretty good. It's fun. I have fun all the time. Like, it's an okay movie. It's really, like, the thing that kept surprising me is it's, like, really well, and I know, you know, at this point, of course, everything's really well animated, but I just liked the faces. I like the animation. I like how expressive people's bodies and faces are in it. Oh, it, was, it was a charming movie. Like, if you like... If you like Disney and Pixar stuff, you'll like this one too. It's also good and it's also funny. Um, I watched some of the new show on Netflix, Human Resources. It's a spinoff of Big uh, Big Mouth. It's pretty funny. It, it's kind of reminded me a lot of Big Mouth because that show takes half a season or more to get good. And Human Resources kind of did the first thing. Like the first three or so episodes, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. But I'm on episode five now. It's getting really funny. Like I, I've actually been laughing out loud. So I guess I'm coming around on it. But most of what I did was uh, still playing Dark Souls, and I got home from work one day and my internet was out. So I said, well, great, I got to watch a DVD or something. So I put in uh, Berserk, like not the new shittily animated one. I put in the classic Berserk anime 
So I'm playing Dark Souls on the Switch, watching Berserk, and just realizing how perfectly the two things go together. Like, I, I always kind of knew about this, but I was looking into it more just because I was so interested in it. But uh, the um, the director of Dark Souls and Elden Ring and all that, uh, something Miyazaki, it's confusing because, you know, Miyazaki, you think about the, the animated film director. It's like Hida, Hida Taka, Hida Taki Miyazaki. It's one of those. He loves Berserk. And he said it like several times in interviews and stuff. So so much so that um, uh, Kentaro Mura, the writer for Berserk, died a few years ago. So there's like um, homages and stuff to him in Elden Ring, apparently. But uh, man, they go together so well. And I've had such a good time. I've only got four episodes left of the series. So I'm going to go ahead and finish it up. But as the series got better, I, I had to start watching it instead of just playing the game but dark souls is still getting great i'm in a in orlando which someone told me today might be just around the halfway point i hope uh still enjoying it um i'm hoping i'm trying to find the berserk game on the playstation 4 but get this it's gone apparently it disappeared and now it's expensive which pisses me off so what are you gonna do pay them a lot it. of money just, no. I, I, like, I watched almost an entire anime series in a week that was most of it and dark souls all right, Chaz, you're up. I have so much to say about what Andy just went over. There's like so much I want to jump in on. You're allowed uh, to say things when I'm saying things too. Yeah, but it's so rude to interrupt. I'm not an asshole or anything. No. I mean, as far as Dark Souls, Dark Souls goes, I'm gonna hold a lot of my opinions going forward because I'm kind of writing a script. I'm gonna do a short kind of video about a video essay. It's not a review. It's just kind of my thoughts on why I held off so long and what I've discovered playing the game. Hell yeah. And, and as you right now, deeper, I'm just going to say I'm enjoying it. I'm having uh, fun. As as you get deeper and go through the series, too, we could just do a podcast. But I'm just, <laughs> just saying. No, uh, as far as things I'm doing, and uh, so, of course, I'm still deep in Elden Ring. Uh, just found out that uh, a buddy, mutual buddy of ours uh, who is also about as far as as I am into the game, apparently did not own the game on PC, but owned it on PlayStation, and we've not played any co-op together at all. So last night, we finally played co-op together, and we got invaded a bunch, and I think all but one person uh, managed to kill us, or, or I said it the other way, um, we managed to kill all but one of the people that invaded us, only one actually got us. Uh, we ran through a couple of things together, a couple dungeons, killed a dragon together. Did any of them um, do spin dash attack on you? Uh, no, I don't think anybody did some stupid spin dash thing. I, but... saw, I saw some shit on Twitter about how that's the new Dark Souls versus meta. Is there's like a roll, but if you have a specific like fire sword, it does damage as you roll. So you just roll at someone a whole bunch of times. Oh uh, no, there's another one where you can shadow step. So basically, it's it's literally that you're just a ninja and uh, you literally can just like dash across like way farther than you normally can and you're invincible and invisible during it so some people were spamming that we had one guy that was just literally he invaded our game but then never tried to attack us and he proceeded to run away and wanted us to chase him which was the so, most so Elden Ring just ever. has actual co-op then yeah so just it's not it's souls. not like in dark souls where you can just like summon someone to help with a boss or something it's definitely more adaptable like you can summon them through the more open world but it's still kind of the same premise as dark souls it, Souls is just a little, it, it's a little different. Um, I think it's just more they perfected it. Uh, so, yes, 
I guess the answer. Uh, um, references. We talked. You already brought Berserk. I found several Berserk references uh, already through the game, um, which that's that's been a thing anyway in the Soul series. Is um, especially the weapon art. Uh, a lot of that is uh, inspired, or certain weapon arts inspired by Berserk. Uh, I just recently beat. Not to give spoilers to the game, but I beat a certain boss. And the weapon that I got from him is called the Blasphemous Blade, and it is literally yeah. an homage to the game Blasphemous. Yes. The, the uh, yeah, the brutal uh, uh, side-scrolling Metroidvania, which I'm a big fan of. I've still not finished. I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but that that sword is really cool. Um, I need to upgrade it a little further so I can start using it. Um, aside from aside from that. Uh, I got all of my my uh, Magic the Gathering stuff sorted, so I've been trying to figure that that whole mess out, uh, which was great. Sorted in uh, trash cans, right? Just throw it right out. Yeah, I, I, that's what she. It's just cardboard, no big deal. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so aside from that, as far as things I watched, um, so of course I watched the the Bond film. I I was actually on call and worked a lot this week, so I didn't get to watch much. But I did happen to go see a movie, and um, I'm interested to see if you all watched it or not. Have any have any of you watched Uncharted? No, it looked boring. So, and I'm going to probably get a lot of hate for this. I, my wife and I went out on a, a date. Uh, we just don't get a, ch- a lot of chances to do that, and we decided to watch a movie. And our choices were between the Batman and Uncharted. For sake of time, we we chose the latter because uh, I want to enjoy the Batman and also be able to pause it and go use the bathroom the three or four times I'm going to have to, because I'm becoming an old man with, with the bladder of, of an old man. So, uh, anyway, Uncharted was surprisingly fun. I, I don't know. I, I think that I went into it with low expectations. So maybe that's why, um, mm-hmm. now in terms of it being, it's, it, it's got a lot of references to the game. The story and plot itself is not really any of the individual games anyway. Um, it was fine. Uh, the one thing I really enjoyed, it may, it actually sold me to just say that the movie was good rather than just saying it was okay, was there was a scene they built on this backstory of him being an orphan and being raised by nuns. And later on, one of the things they get to when they're looking for treasure is they get to a church and he comes across nuns. And when he walks in and sees all of the nuns, Tom Holland's character goes nuns why does it always have to be nuns which i i appreciated that it was such so like on the nose and and, and hokey uh because they they were like directly bring up indiana jones a few times so i don't know for me i thought that was funny enough but i was like okay this is fine um, i like the games enough that if it's ever streamable for free on something i already have i can see myself watching it but i don't know you have to yeah. you have to answer this question mark yeah. mark Wahlberg. Was he just Mark Wahlberg with a mustache, or did he try to be like Sully? So he was Mark Wahlberg, just Mark Wahlberg. I, I will say, I thought he did okay, but I, I guess it's not to spoil too much about it. It's a prequel. The the game, the movie is actually a, a prequel to the actual games anyway. So that's why most, like almost all of the movie, he's he doesn't have a mustache. Mm. So it allows well, Mark Wahlberg to be Mark Wahlberg without. Like without having like the later Sully stuff, but they clearly tie into how they came to be, and then like the plot to the first movie, and, like or the first game is coming up. Like they're tying into that. Um, the mustache looks terrible. He, he <laughs> looks like uh, to reference John Mulaney, he looks like a wispy Cheeto fingered rat mustache choir boy. <laughs> like that's directly from one of his his stand up. So like it looks terrible. Um, and actually they make a joke of how bad it looks on 
in the movie too, but uh, it doesn't look right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's it's maybe tied into the story because there's like a preview that he was in for a different movie, and he had a full on like crazy mustache, and it looked good and thick, but not the one in the movie. The one in the movie looked like he like strained really hard while he was like doing a set of curls, and like it just popped out. Uh, so anyway, it. I, it was for what it was. It was fun. Um, definitely recommend you watch it like in the situation you said we were streamed for free. Um, am I going to recommend it over a different movie? No. Of the two movies I watched this week, was it the better one? Yes. Uh, so, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. But again, it's. Uh, would I? I would watch the other Bond movies we've watched in the last few weeks over, over this. But uh, that's where I draw the line. It's, it was better than this movie. But I know we're getting there. Um, and then I think that's that's it. I wanted to hear more about uh, about Dubs's uh, musical endeavor, but we, we can always get into that another time. Oh, uh, uh, given what you talked about, I'll quickly go through it. So, like, I don't know. I I go through one of my mood swings, and I was like, I've never dabbled into metal at all. Like, I know like a lot of people who like want to show their emotion or like just let loose. They like listen to metal and shit. And I decided to di- dive in there, and I went into, like, early 2000s, and recently, like, mid-2000s, uh, meaning, like, two- 2013 and 14, I found Pierce of the Veil, uh, Asking Alexandria, and all those bands, and I was like, ah, oh, this is pretty good, and then I went back into, like, the 80s and stuff, and I found, like, Warlock, um, um, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, uh, so I'm like, that's cool. Um, I already love Motorhead, so like, I have tons of Lemmy on there. Um, but I, it's just, it's just something I was like. Plus, I was playing Doom. That's another thing I forgot. To, I was playing Doom, so I was like, I need some. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I, I wanted to know your guys' picks on metal, and I do appreciate it. And Spirit Box was actually mentioned before I asked you guys, because my friend, she's like, she's like, I, I never knew you were into metal. I'm like, yeah, I just got into it. She's like, check out Spirit Box, and I was like, it's pretty, pretty good. I like it. Yeah. I think, I think every podcast i've been on so far with you all i have said something about spirit box i don't know why but i i brought them up directly last time i think i referenced them a couple weeks ago but i've been listening to them a lot while i'm playing through elden ring uh their latest album eternal blue i, I just basically just play it on a cycle as i'm playing through it it's 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 really good mm. so i haven't enjoyed them as well but yeah no welcome to metal i mean again it's it's such a deep dive because there's so many subgenres, and it really just depends on what you want to listen to i like the entropy and chaos while i'm doing things it, I think it's, it helps my squirrel brain, so like it actually helps me stay more focused. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you guys a total update next week because I'm gonna I'm gonna go hard on music probably during this whole week because uh, because of my job. Um, just to kind of put it out there, last two weeks until uh, tax day. So if you don't know what my job is, uh, so. <laughs> How do I file an extension? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so, My like, <laughs> everybody's calling and yelling at me and shit. So, like, I need metal music. <laughs> um, but, Zach, you're up. What the hell you been playing, watching, or doing? Uh, I've been playing uh, WWE 2K22. Uh, mostly still messing around, making wrestlers and shit. And 
I played around with some of the other modes finally and got to play some matches with a with friend and that was fun. I just didn't win any of them because I'm still not used to the game yet. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I felt like uh I got robbed out of a out of a match because I was doing the you know how when you get pinned and you hit you press A or X to kick out really fast. Well, at some point it just stopped the meter just stopped growing like it just, <laughs> it just refused to let me kick out and i lost probably because your guy was like fatigued or something no or was i don't i don't know it, the uh, only the only time like you'll know when you're fatigued is like when you're pounding that fucking a button uh like like i'm pounding that a button when i was playing resident evil 5 with fucking zach and i just couldn't do that last part of the game uh, when you're just pounding that fucking A button and it's like moving like molasses, that's when you know you're uh, you're fatigued and you're gonna lose. It moved and then it just stopped. It just wouldn't progress anymore. Like it just stopped me. It said, "No, you're not kicking out," and I didn't. No, I don't think so. It's probably lagged. Yeah, I, I like the idea of you playing online though, and someone like looks at your profile or something, and it's like, "Man, he's got like 60 hours and logged into this game," and then they like just whip you no, ass just online, and it's because he spent 58 hours in Create a Wrestler because it's like Forza. Like you, you had so much time dedicated, but you spent so much time in the customization. That's not a that's not a slight to you. It's a good thing. You love doing the creating thing. It's just it's funny because you spend all the time doing that. But I'm sure you're playing it. You'll get used to it. it yeah. Thankfully, it's not overly complicated now. It sounds like it's actually fun to try to pick up and play. So mm. I'm excited to finally try it. But I um I refuse to touch anything else until I get through. It's almost now like if I started hating Elden Ring, I'm gonna get through it as a chore. But that's I'm not even close to that. I'm loving that game. So. But, I can't say after playing with with another person, yeah, that definitely holds up. Uh, still, like the matches were a lot more fun to play, even though I lost. <laughs> so, That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, I've just been kind of. I've still been reading uh, the big Excalibur uh, trade I have. It's massive. It's like a lot of the first, the, the early books, uh, and I'm not even. I've barely made a dent in it so far. That's how big it is. It's, it's almost that's like what she uh, said. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know those omnibus things. This trade is like a third of the size of one of those. That's like Oof. really big for a trade paper paperback. <laughs> so, um, pretty big. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've just been watching YouTube stuff. Uh, I've still been watching things about ARGs and creepy YouTube bullshit stuff. You watching Nightmind? No, I've been watching Nexpo. Okay, Nexpo is uh, kind of friends with Nightmind. Nightmind, he has like a very deep voice, and he has good quality. So check him usually, out. Yeah, usually these these ARG creepy internet YouTube people have deep voices, or it's like a girl or something. <laughs> so I, if girls aren't talking about true crime or some bullshit, they're talking about creepy YouTube shit. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the big crave now with the ARG is the back rooms. Like there's. I don't know if you guys noticed, there's a fucking lore with the back rooms. There's 999 rooms, and people have only been through two. <laughs> so, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I think the back rooms is probably my favorite so far. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's just pretty much it for me. All right, let's get into this fucking movie, okay? <laughs> so the, the, the world is not enough. It's probably... Family motto. Yeah, it, this is probably the most boring fucking James Bond movie I ever watched in my entire life. I'm going to go you ahead and throw this out there now. Uh, she says, okay, giving the world, he says, 
the world's not enough, the family motto, and she says something like, that's a stupid motto, or whatever she says. Uh, that's that's from the books. That's for real. Uh, yeah. In On Her Majesty's Secret Service, that's actually uh, the Bond family's motto. It's um, the Latin form of it, which I don't know. But they took it from like some Spanish king or Portuguese king or something. I don't know. But I thought that was that's cool. I like that because uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is not only one of my favorite movies, but it the the book it's my favorite Bond book I've read too. So uh, that, dude, there's one little glimmer of sunshine in this movie. Yeah, there's certain glimmers in this movie. It's not completely shit, but like I I've n- never watched a Bond movie where I go, what is happening? What? Electric King killed her father. Oh, who would have known that uh, happened? And uh, w- which is funny because everything that we've watched so far with Brosnan um, had to do with oil in Russia, um, which is a big thing now in the news. Yeah, how how opportune that we're watching this now. They're talking about these other pipelines that are getting oil out of Russia and into the West. Uh, I can tell you right now. We're not getting any oil out of this Popeyes. A glimmer. Uh, Denise Richards in this film. That's a glimmer. Uh, <laughs> the girl who... Yeah, pl- I kept, it kept bugging me. I was like, what, are, what is she in? She's in Starship Troopers. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> it took me forever to figure that out. The whole time, every time she was on screen, and this is going to be ignorant of me to say, but I was like, she's too beautiful to be a scientist like what the fuck <laughs> that was a big criticism of this movie and also the way she dresses kind of pissed people off too <laughs> like, she's not a fucking scientist yeah the vi- out of place the villains i just i didn't care i i like it seems well, now like- what I, all, right, all right let's let's give this movie a little bit of credit where it's due it uh, does do something interesting with the villains and it does something no other bond movie's done i agree is, uh, there's there's a bad guy right and he's this terrorist and he's from the the russian block and they cut him loose and 009 shot him in the head and he refused to die and now he's like uh you know he can't feel pain and stuff and he's gonna be stronger every day until the day he dies and then they do almost nothing with that premise but still it's an interesting Mm -hmm. setup for a villain and then as the movie goes on we are in the final act of the movie and you realize holy shit He's not the main villain. He's the fucking henchman of this movie. Mm. I do really like that. They did yeah. a really cool job of like the the bait and switch on Electra turning out to be the villain. Electra's the bad guy in this movie. She's she's the the super villain. So and she, she it's implied that she just manipulated him too to get what she wanted. It, that, I, I disagree. I didn't like that. But. Oh, it's cool. Go, I like it. Go ahead. It's okay. It's up for everybody. But. I feel like we watch totally different movies. You, you're like the exact opposite opinion of me on this movie. And I can't believe you had the gall to say this was the most boring fucking James Bond movie you've seen. It is the most Some boring. The <laughs> With the Roger Moore shit and fucking Diamonds Are Forever. Are you for real? Diamonds Are Forever. Is Diamonds Are Forever is fucking boring. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not going to go to that and say this movie's a masterpiece. But I think it's a little better than the two of you are giving it credit for. It's it's pretty good. It's got its moments. And honestly, uh, the the script is a little bit of a mess. I get confused too. Yeah, it's a lot. When you step back and examine it, you're like, I see what they were going for. There's something here. Like, um, the whole script came about because Barbara Broccoli was watching something about after the Soviet Union fell. There's all this oil sitting around in the old Soviet Union. And oil companies, specifically in the West, you know, the free market, are trying to get their hands on it. We got to get this oil out to the world. We got to make our billions of dollars. 
blah, blah, blah. Even in the late 90s, it was a big deal, and it still is. And uh, she was like, oh, oh, it's a good idea for a punk villain. And so they hired, um, hang on, I brought it up because I wanted to mention this. They hired uh, Neil Purvis, stupidest name ever, and Robert Wade again, who is actually getting credit now. He worked on the script for GoldenEye, but he didn't get a screenwriting credit, so they named that character Wade after him, Jodon Baker's character. But uh, And now the two of them, so I just don't have to mention it again, the two of them are going to work on every single Bond script to current day going forward. They work on every script until uh, No Time to Die. Whoa. So uh, it was basically they were told make a script where a Bond villain wants to control oil. Which, I, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I Living mean, they, in the modern world, that. I get it. However, people are still kind of used to uh, someone wants to, like, kill all of mankind and restart mankind say- from their satellite or, you know, someone who <laughs> wants to nuke the United States gold reserve and stuff like that. Like, it, it's it's almost, it's so utilitarian of of, of a plot and, and uh, um motivation it's boring by comparison to some other bond stuff but i think you're kind of looking at the wrong thing and and another thing that I, i'm sorry i'm just steamrolling this whole conversation i'm just getting all my points out there right off the bat um the action sequences in this movie suck compared yes. to yeah. tomorrow never dies tomorrow never dies had awesome action sequences i love the motorcycle and all we talked about that last week uh, in this one, the action sequences are all like, kind of lazy and boring. I like when they're in the pipe and they're like on the bomb. It's, it's not exciting. It's stupid. They're just on a track, and just because they're yelling doesn't mean there's excitement. Movie. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and even like like I said, they they set up all oh, this bond this bond villain. He can't feel pain and he's strong, and then they don't do anything with it. Bond doesn't even fight the guy until the final scene when they're in the submarine, which is a really cool set piece. The submarine like up on its end and they're like fighting you know in a sideways room on a uh, nuclear submarine in the caspian sea that's cool i I like that but uh i think the movie gets to shine in bond doing stupid bond stuff that he gets to be in disguise or undercover a little more in this movie and that's what i like i like a little more subtlety and there's like some silly hacky moments but they're not coming from bond they're coming from other characters which as you recall last week is what i said i wanted i love and it's, it's really stupid but when they introduce john cleese as the new quartermaster and they even in the credits say call him r which is a little silly he's doing the stupid oh you put your right arm in the right sleeve and you put your left arm thusly and he's just i'll just pull the tab you stupid idiot <laughs> it, it's that's fun <laughs> i like that stuff it's stupid I, it's such a shame because john cleese is such a fan fucking tastic actor but he is completely out of place in a james bond movie but he only gets to do the two that is so heartbreaking <laughs> uh, but i don't know there was a lot about this movie i thought there was to like i i honestly came here expecting to like temper everyone's attitudes toward it and just kind of like be the realist but i guess i'm gonna have to like fly this movie's flag i'm ready let's do it mm-hmm. what do you guys hate about the movie chaz uh what do you have to say about this movie because i i still have things i want to talk about but i want to hear your opinion about the movie yeah i think this is getting a very divisive i'm just gonna lay it out like this i want one of two things if i can get both great i either want a plot that 
intrigues me enough that it keeps me hooked even if moment to moment the action's not really holding up and keeping me on the edge of the seat or i want the action to do that so that even if the the plot is just plotting along I'm, i don't really care because i'm still watching it and it had neither of these for me now i think part of that is and that maybe the difference why you, you guys enjoyed it a little more is because there were moments of the plot but i did not give a shit about the the, like the very beginning of the movie wasn't bad but then they lost me on trying to sell her as this damsel in distress she was kidnapped because i i don't really know how to explain how how i just got lost on it i don't, I don't know it just didn't click for me and then they kept pushing that along and then they tried to sell the stockholm syndrome thing that that bond tried to assume and uh i mean denise denise richards is is eye candy in the movie sure but the her acting is just so <laughs> terrible yeah, she's not great. oh no yeah. i'm a scientist uh oh we have to stop that or it'll distort the time space continuum she didn't say any of that but you wouldn't know based on the script because it was just so generic and terrible so i i don't know she's i a i think that physicist she's a smart lady i read uh, a, yeah. <laughs> i read a thing from uh I, somebody like a, a big critic that reviewed the movie at the time they said the movie stopped anytime she had like a line or like the camera focused on her and i'm like honestly that's that's not far off that's about how i felt and I like honestly it, it honestly froze for an actual second like there really is like a moment <laughs> where every moment her scene happens there's a freeze she says something it freezes again and it's almost like it's almost cut <laughs> i don't know it's it's really bad yeah but either way uh, like I, I understood where they were going, and I agreed with you. The villain, the at least where they were setting up initially, I, that was the one thing that kind of me, had me going like, oh, okay, maybe we'll do something with this guy. I didn't, and I didn't remember watching this movie when I was younger. I, I just don't remember if I, I did or missed it or what. But uh, we get to like the, the midpoint uh, later on where they're still trying to push her, and, and they really just – I think they lay it on heavy like, oh, maybe she is um, – maybe she has been manipulated by the terrorists to be to be bad oh maybe she hasn't and then they I, there's something about something taking so many left turns you know three left turns is a right does that make sense at all like metaphorically speaking like if you take too many left turns you're just going in the same direction you just took extra steps which is wasting my time that's an ass car <laughs> I, I like it i like it more i for, i mean i realize this, it's not very james bond for it to be like, oh, she was kidnapped, Stockholm Syndrome, or did she manipulate him? You know, what's really going on here? That's not a very James Bond thing, but I find a lot of pleasure in in that kind of a plot. I mean, you know, I, I like James Bond movies, but there's something about that over, oh, they've got a super weapon that's going to cause the stock markets in London to crash. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. They have a super weapon. Let's go stop them. Like... Uh, that's that's thrilling you can do a lot with that goldeneye is excellent and that's what that movie is about but i i like this a little bit too and also i really really appreciate something else i whined about last week in tomorrow never dies they just tell you right off the bat who the bad guy is what he's what he's doing mm -hmm. it's definitely the newspaper guy and he's definitely trying to start war between great britain and china that's definitely what's going on and if they would have like made it a mystery and stretched it out i think that movie would have been a lot stronger for it so with this movie, they do that because it's like Electra King, oh, her, her father was murdered. She was kidnapped. Oh, this poor woman. Now she's trying to run this this oil thing. And, and they show you, oh, she's a nice person because 
she flies in to deal with this this revolt. You know, villagers are upset. They're going to tear down this ancient site, this church. And she talks to the guy for like a minute and is like, oh, move the pipeline around. And the guy's like, it's going to take forever and it's going to cost millions of dollars. She's like, I don't care. Just do it. And that that's supposed to show you, the viewer, oh, she's a good person. I'm rooting for her. And as the movie goes on, you stop rooting for her. <laughs> I don't like her at all. Then it turns out she's the bad guy. That's great. That's How is terrible. that not thrilling? I love that. Because you have to care about her to begin with, and I didn't give a shit about her character to begin with. So you heard it here. You know, and drops a million dollars. What's that about? You don't Chaz does not like movie. good people. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> also, also, yeah, because let's, they let's turn out to actually more. be evil and they turn out to be sociopaths so you know what i'm i'm validating thank you the movie actually validates me not liking nice people <laughs> you didn't know that you didn't know that i had a gut feeling I guess. Well, you a little more counterpoint gut feeling was I, I don't care then you were done you wrote it i actually didn't care that she was a good or bad person she was uninteresting and you're uninteresting Look at yeah. you in your fucking yellow shirt and shit she's better and this yellow shirt's the supporting characters from the last four or five bond movies mm. yeah well, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't I, know. Xenotop did kill people with her thighs, and that shows a lot of character development. I mean, I, I don't also if I wanted to watch something with like more depth, I'd watch a different type of movie. I'm just saying, you can have you. I mean, a Bond movie is a big old juicy steak, medium rare, but. Hey, they're trying to put a little. They're trying to put some vegetables on the side for you. I and think the writing. To give you a little extra. I think the writing could have been better for Electric King because they kept on doing this whole. I mean, the, the writing could always be better. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, they kept on doing like the. Uh, this is the bad person. Bad person incoming. And then they tried to do like the the Vince Russo swerves, be like, bro, bro, it's the other the terrorist, bro. They're, they're doing this. She's actually good, bro. Oh wait, bro, no, she has a fucking torture chair. Don't sit in chairs. She'll fucking choke you to death, bro. Well, at that point, it's out the way. She's bad. That's out the way. Yeah. She's bad no, by that scene. Okay, so follow me here, and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you benefit of the doubt and say that because I do agree with what you're saying on paper as an idea. The the idea of using a plot device where you have someone set up as seemingly a good person and you use a threat of even using a kidnapping element to try to say, well, maybe there's even a, a justification why they would side with someone that's bad. And then you just find out they actually are like manipulative and, and they are they are actually the main villain and the worst person in the movie or something. That, that can work. So follow me from start to destination. If I have something to weave that tail and it is something easier to follow and, you know, you can take turns and curves, but it's smooth, it's easier to follow. And I could have gotten behind that. The problem with this is that they are hard 90 degree stops. They're just turn and it's all these like sort of and they and it's all just like left for you to imply. And again, if I wanted to do that, I would go watch a Christopher Nolan film. I wouldn't watch a Bond film. I, I don't know. I, I think that because of the expectation for what I'm watching, it's it just doesn't fit. And again, the action in between is boring, so then I'm uninterested, so then I'm not paying attention. Maybe this well, is me by score like brain. love the next movie. <laughs> oh, I'm well aware of how bad the next one is. I, I have watched that one, and I'm excited to talk about that. But before but we get... There is a... There's such a difference between the writing of the last movie and this one, and to me, I think it's to this movie's detriment. 
That's just me. Yeah, because they tried to do something interesting with this movie, and and you and all the other knuckle drugger, knuckle draggers hated it, and then they ruined the Bond franchise with the next. You movie. can put glitter on a piece of shit; it's still a piece of shit. It just looks brighter. Like, but, but sorry. Before we get it, before we get it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Christmas Jones sucks. Electric King kind of sucks. <laughs> agree on that. But you know who doesn't suck? And I'll 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 fight about this one all night. Valentin Skowski. Robbie Coltrane is back. That character kicks ass. Yes. Dark Souls Part 8. Andy dies on the hill of The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dubs. You were trying to jump in. I, 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 what, I, what I was going to say is, before we get to Zach's uh, opinion on this, I, I want to I put this scenario. I, I And keep in mind, I do get that we got the twist that she's the villain all along. But I think it would have been better if Bullet Head Guy, um, the cuck, uh, he was like the forefront of everything. Like we should have saw more of him uh, doing some villain shit. And you're just like, where did he get all this money? Why is he a villain? Where's the money coming from? And then all of a sudden Electric King comes in and be like, I got oil, bitch. Here's money. And I'm the actual villain. I, I'm controlling this. Like I think I would have... He's the the impetus for the plot for like the first two thirds of the movie. Like finding Renard is like Bond's goal. Every time I looked at him, he lies to her about it. He uses her as bait at M's behest. He's just straight up like we're gonna use her as bait, and M's like, yeah, we fucking are. We're MI six. We do what we want. I'll give you that. That's actually a really good plot device because it also ties in to why something like she would have resentment, right? Because the entirety of why there was possibly some resentment with M was that she was already used as bait once, and yeah. he would use her as bait again. I did like that. Again, I I like I think it's the whole thing. Like individual pieces of the plot actually seem like cool ideas. It's just the sum of its parts are just it just to me it just didn't work. Oh, I didn't. Uh, it I mean that it couldn't work as a movie, but I didn't really care for them shit. Like her being prisoner, I was like, okay. Yeah why like why because she was friends with the father like it's personal okay oh, no, because yeah. because she told Electra's father not to negotiate don't pay them she M was the one who told her father to hang her out to dry and she's a fucking director of this i am you know the you know double o agents and stuff and like Electra's like i want you to be here she's like okay and then she like goes by herself into she feels bad for her uh, I don't know. She was kidnapped. Her I, father was I, murdered. I think, like that's think, that's the facade, and it works. Well, it does till it doesn't, because then it's like, well, what scale of maniacal is she? Is she crazy enough that she actually just wants specific revenge, and that's why she's doing enough of this, or is it actually the whole thing was a ruse, and she's actually again doing the whole world domination plot? Because if that were the case, then why not just kill? He'll end when she can. Like why? So well, I, I, again, I, have, I feel like some part about it this makes a lot sense. while watching this movie, and uh -huh. this this uh, every Bond movie lives and dies on the same contrivance. Why don't they just kill Bond when they get the chance? And it's the same thing. Same thing happens well, with that, them. You've got him, just kill her. You yeah. you've got Bond, just kill him. No, I want to show him this laser. It slowly cuts him in half instead. No, I want to bring him to my 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 horse stable in Kentucky for some no just kill him you idiot what are you waiting right. for every I mean, Bond movie does the same thing Doc Dr. No is yeah. like no I'm gonna have dinner with, with Bond instead why there's no reason to do that 
So every single Bond movie has the same contrivance. So I think it's kind of unfair to get upset about them doing it with him. It's the same thing. You've got him killer. No, I want to blow her up with a nuclear submarine in Turkey. God damn it. (laughs) Well, but again, that's consistent throughout specifically to Bond because of the plot armor that's there. But I don't know if that should apply to other characters. But And I don't necessarily mind that the villain does that. But again, that also fits with a hokey, narcissistic overly arrogant villain that's going to tell their the details of their entire plot before they actually try to kill bond or whomever and then the, the hero finds a way out of this, the pickle like that i don't mind that plot what i don't what i didn't like is they tried to use that entire setup to like deepen her character development like oh well, maybe she's still maybe this really is still just her being manipulated by the terrorists oh no she's just fucking psycho then it's like well wait why did she do that then why why not why not have it like you either could have something more convoluted or maybe even more simple i i don't know I, again i to me i was just when i'm uninterested in it then i'm just not gonna care about it i i will concede that there are definitely elements of the movie that in a different setting would be great and there are parts of this movie that still aren't bad but this movie slopped together and just didn't click for me i think it makes perfect sense she delights in control she manipulates people she wants to be in control so she imprisons him. That's perfect for her. Okay, I have a question before we get to Zach, because I know Zach's uh, sitting there waiting to talk, probably own us and yell at us. Uh, but the whole Electric King, they were doing this weird writing, like, when, you know, when Bond fucked her, pretty much. Like, she they they chose words like, do you love me or something or like like me uh and then she's like i just fucked you i use you and and then it's like did you really care for me and i'm like what the fuck is going on is it just because she's crazy and manipulate uh manipulate it's a it's a role reversal thing usually that's what james bond does she fucking did it to him and took advantage of him Mm -hmm. that's true because if you recall one of the coolest parts of the movie is she's like you won't kill me you love me oh you should oh die renard and then he fucking kills her and then there's that moment where you can tell that he's upset about it like he still does his job he still shoots her in cold blood as she says but you know he's kind of he's a little upset about it oh man that sucks she kind of got under my skin a little bit yeah. Bond never likes to slay a good piece. I, I just that's how that goes. Just, <laughs> yeah. Sophie yeah. Marceau. I mean, come on. All right, yeah. Zach. What do you have to say about this movie? Uh I like this movie. Uh I'm with Andy. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight on the hill with him. We're not gonna die. Yeah. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be a goddamn like double count out or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh like I I like the opening. Uh so far, all three of these movies have had, like, really awesome openings. That's true. Yeah, the opening was good. I'll give you that. I, like, I, I like the opening. The whole thing with the Swiss banker and all that shit, that, that was fucking funny. He and, gets to do some cool spy shit. I like that. Yeah, and he's kind of, like, riding the, the line here where he can be quippy, but it, it's not, like, fucking Roger Moore. Like, they toned that down a little bit more for this movie, I thought. Yes. Compared to the last one. He was very jokey in that one. And, um... Then it, it was even funnier because it was like you thought, oh, the opening's over, and all of a sudden they're like in MI6 headquarters, and then it's like it continues. It was like, mm-hmm. fake you out, no, that bitch is back, and she she assaulted the headquarters, and he did a boat chase to fucking. That's what boat chase. And it was a it wasn't a drawn out bullshit boat chase either. It was actually fun. I think, I cool. and it has a, such an interesting set piece because that that structure at the end, that's them building. Um, uh, 
uh, stadium for the London Olympics. That's that's an interesting backdrop. Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. cool. I also did appreciate with the boat chase Q's uh, commentary after he's mad about his boat being ruined because it's like that his was... fishing boat to get away after he retires <laughs> <laughs> to get away from you. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, I did like that. I uh, oh shit, what was I gonna say? Usually when I see water and boats in James Bond movies, I get really nervous because I've seen too many bad. There's been a lot movies. of them. It's true, but they're not all bad. No, this one's like, oh, thank God, this one was good. Would you, <laughs> what do you guys think of that boat scene? Uh, because I chuckled. Because uh, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan has this thing where he has to always fix his tie at certain situations. Like he did oh, it. Oh, he's underwater. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was he great. he did it with the tank. It's a little stupid, but I, I laugh. He did it with the tank, and now he did it with the boat. Like when he went underwater, he's like fixing his tie, and then he comes back up. Yeah, trying trying to save Western civilization does is no excuse to to look shabby. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. So you gotta look like a gentleman when you're saving the world. <laughs> right. Plus that little but, uh, that little boat, by the way, is I think is hokey because I was like, oh man, he looks so he looks so big in that small boat. <laughs> they had to design something that could do all the stunts they had written, which included like diving underwater and like getting up on the road and driving around and doing jumps and stuff. And they were like, it it's got to be small looked, and it's got to be fast. It honestly looked like they just built a a boat shell around like a a really big water ski, like the biggest one you could buy. Yeah, it's pro- probably what that was. <laughs> um, I like the way it, it, that, that chase ended too. Where it got into a hot air balloon. It's like, God damn! It's, it, we went from like building to sea to air, and then she blows herself up. And I was like, God damn! How do you not die from that fall? He fell all the way down and hit that that yeah. fucking structure or whatever. Yeah, yeah called bullshit. Chinked his plot armor a bit too because he gets he, that collarbone deal. Fucked up his shoulder. He had to fuck a doctor to get a doctor's excuse so he could go to work. <laughs> But I, I gotta. I want to give props to uh, Pierce Brosnan selling. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, for real, because it's like this is the first time like I, I took notice. Like, well, I mean, I guess I subliminally noticed it as I've watched the other two movies in this one, but it really came across well in this third one. He's he's really convinced convincing of making you think he got fucking hurt when it happens to him. Like hey. when he gets in the fight with Renard, he goes, he gets hit. And he falls down. And he makes this terrible noise, like oh, like all the. And he's breath. got a really good like the like the the punch is good, but there's always after it there's like a oh kind of thing. Like, I, yeah. When you're saying it, I'm thinking about it. And I'm also thinking about uh, in the silo when Renard like grabs him and like puts pressure because he knows that he's hurt, puts yeah. pressure on his collarbone, and you know he sells that pretty well. Uh. He, he he sells like Lex Luger because he's really loud. <laughs> he... Well, he sells better than Lex Luger. Uh, but I also think of uh, what what was it? Was it Dante's Peak, the one with the volcano? Yes. When he mm-hmm. fucking snapped his leg, I'll never forget that. <laughs> like that's burned in my memories when that happened. But um, like uh, that was all cool. Uh, the Q scene was great. That's probably one of my favorite ones. And I realized like it was. I was like, this must be his last one. That's it. That's the last time you see him. And I was like, that's perfect. That's like the perfect send-off for him. Always always have an escape plan. And he leaves. There's a lot of good dialogue in that scene, too. The the writing for the dialogue in all the Q scenes in all the Pierce Brosnan movies rips. It's always good. I I uh they they gave John Cleese a really good one, and it's hammy, but I still really like it. Is Bond says something starky, and he says, Ah, yes, the the legendary 007 wit. 
half of it anyway. And like it's good. it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it thing, but he's calling him a half wit. Mm-hmm. It's great. That's great writing. That's really funny. You gotta laugh out of me. But uh I mean these are really he's had my favorite Q scene since uh Connery, really. Um and uh I don't know, like I, I have I have a crush on Sophie Marceau. I always have since I saw Braveheart originally. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I was really pumping her. I'm like, ah, oh, she's in this movie. I saw her in this movie too, and I was a I was a young teenager, and yeah. <laughs> but um, like I, I feel like they got really good chemistry together, um, and I kind of like the stuff where she, you know, all the scenes they had where she's like, I don't want to fucking trust MI6. They they failed me once already, and he's just stubbornly trying to protect her and stuff. And at first, there's like no, there is no romance shit. And then it just one thing leads to another. Um, I was bothered a little bit because uh, there's the fight where they're skiing, and there's the three dudes with the the hovercraft, yeah, hover snowmobiles, I guess, (laughs) whatever the fuck those things are. Yeah, whose men are they? Who was hired? Who hired them? To basically just go get murdered by Bond. And also, what if like Bond was hung over that day and did a shitty job and they killed Electra? He would have failed. Be- because you know, it turns out that those men are probably part of Electra's organization or at least part of Renard's inner um, organization or something. So, you know, what if they were extremely good or you know, what what if Bond was sleep what if she was like, let's go skiing and he was like, eh, fuck it, I hate skiing. And he just didn't come. What would they do? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait for him out here and sniper. I don't know. But I think those were Renard's guys. And then like there was, she has like a chief of security dude, and there was like some other guy who was like working on the pipeline, or he helps with the equipment or some shit. Are you talking about the the black guy that hangs around with Electric King? Because no, no. missed opportunity for a fight scene too. Because when they're at the lighthouse, Bond just kind of like shoots him three times. Yeah, it's fucking. off screen. He also like knocks him unconscious off screen. He gets punked twice. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Apparently, like, he walks in, sees him, he's like, "What the hell?" And then he's like, uh, "Your your bodyguard sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he's he's bad. He's bad at his job." Apparently, he was a wrestler. He trained with uh, Dean Malenko. So he's nobody. Yeah, Not Dean Malenko, this guy. I have no clue who. I didn't job just to bond. <laughs> he did the job. Malenko. Yeah. That sounds like a Bond villain. Yeah, yeah. Boris Malenko, his father. <laughs> sounds like a Bond <laughs> villain. That, yeah, that Bond sounds villain. like yeah, that sounds like a Bond villain. Um, I like the shit with the casino and that I can't remember that character's name. You mentioned the actor's name. I liked him from Golden. Valentin Zukovsky. Yeah, he's and the best. Like, he, he was in Golden Eye, guy? and he's back in this movie. And I and a. I heard, I couldn't find, I even did a Google search for this because I wanted to be able to cite this during this podcast, but I couldn't find it. But I swear I read at some point they wanted him to be in the next movie too. But this came out in 1999 and what came out in 2001, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in which he is Hagrid. And after that, he just, he was too big for Bond. He's too big for Bond. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that sucks. But he's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I, I love him. He's he's a great actor. He's a great character. He's a lot of fun, and I do really like at the end. 
oh, he's got he's got one of those KGB tricks. He's got a gun inside of a blank because the KGB loved that gun inside of a pen, gun inside of a cigarette, gun inside of a cane. And it looks like he's going to shoot Electra. And then he goes, like, points at a pod. You're like, oh, what the fuck? And then he <laughs> but she's like, wow, he really did hate you. So he, he really did. There's like, the tension goes, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I will say with him, like, I strive for more scenes with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And before we get back with Zach, I got to point this out. Stupid helicopters with fucking chainsaws on them. Yeah, that's real. No, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. Because when I was a kid, I was like, "That's bullshit," and my dad was like, "No, it's not." He he worked for uh, uh, Appalachian Electric Power, now American Electric Power, whatever the fuck they're called, and they have one. It's for trimming trees where they're about to put power lines. They exist. That's a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, I thought the same thing. I said, that's fucking bullshit. No, that's real. Aspen does that too. Where, where there I you work. go. So, um, uh, I like how he was he was rich now and he had a casino and shit. That was funny because before he was like running out of some bullshit warehouse or something. Right. Yeah, he's, he's advanced. He's got a caviar company or factory or whatever the fuck he called it. it but like uh, the thing where he finds the guy who supplied the weird hovercraft parachute things uh he finds his corpse when the chief of security is trying to go get some files or get ready because he has to take his identity and go to fucking kazakhstan (laughs) to get the nuclear device he did all that shit i was like oh okay all of a sudden we're going to kazakhstan out of nowhere i guess fine uh i think think, uh real quick i think that's another thing that hurt this movie is there's too many locations in it that Americans don't know where they are. And I don't want to call Americans stupid, but Americans are stupid. I think everybody... Azerbaijan, Baku, Kazakhstan. I bet bet a lot of people can't point to these on the map. I bet you a bunch of people don't know where the Ukraine is, for crying out loud. A lot of people don't know where the fuck the states are in the United States are. (laughs) I I think that hurts this movie. Because when you say Paris or Tokyo... Or Singapore, maybe not Singapore as much. Uh, America, you know, dumb American, gooey, smooth brains know where those are. No one knows where Baku is. It they was a lot easier when you could just say the Soviet Union. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the ambiguous area of the Soviet Union, all of which you know these were you know inside of I guess so. You already kind of. How good? Oh, I was just saying, I think you're giving too much credit to the average American. I don't think they would know where Paris or Tokyo are either, in terms of pointing it out on the map. I'm, I'm just saying, like, to be fair, like... It's more <laughs> likely that they would know where they are than... than um, we kind of already touched on Denise Richards. Uh, I'm sure some people would like to touch on her in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that whole scene where he fights Renard and his fucking goons in the nuclear warhead disposal area was like a little choppy i feel like that could have been done better and the way some of those guys shot the guns and shit was like total bullshit it's like they were just like oh like they were spraying like it was the old days like the really old days yeah that's another that's another thing where it's like the action in this movie was it's very choppy it's uneven like we talked about how the opening scene the boat chase and that shit with the female assassin was cool yeah that's true that's true and then this was like not (laughs) <laughs> um uh, uh it's offset by some other fun stuff i like uh i like 
Renard getting to do the stupid shoulder thing and saying the world is not enough. And there's like Bond being like, wait, what the fuck? And uh, I like uh, another snippet of cool dialogue is uh, Denise Richards is introducing herself to him when she still thinks he's a Russian guy, guy. scientist. scientist. And she mm-hmm. says, it's Dr. Christmas Jones. And don't bother telling any jokes. I've heard them all. And he goes, I don't know any doctor jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I mean, I do want to touch Denise Richards, but like uh, in this movie, they were very conservative, uh, con- conservative with her, because that the whole time I was like, I want to see her like, like half naked bikini. Her shirt gets pretty wet on that submarine. I'm yeah. sure you that yeah. out there. Yes, I'll give you that, but at the same time, like, there's always with some of the Bond girls, like, they'll be, like, in the bedroom and you, like, see the side of her ass or maybe, like, a side well, they boob. they do that with Electric King. Yes, but I want to see Denise Richards. Like, I think a lot of Americans would probably... Is different, I guess. Yeah. Like, we didn't even get a, a bed scene. We got a fucking x-ray bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was dumb, fun, but it was funny. funny. I like yeah. it. She's like, <laughs> like 007. <laughs> She's just shocked. <laughs> I do I do like the guys like, oh, it must be a, a the, the Millennium Bug. Millennium Bug. Yeah. Oh, man, that's right. This movie came out in 1999. Whoa, Y2K, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Y2K. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think real quick of any other stuff I can bring up that was, like, cool. Uh, oh, the whole thing. The whole plot of Electric King. I don't know. I got it. It was fine. It, there were some turns. It wasn't like um, Christopher Nolan turns. Those are totally different kinds of turns. Those are very hard, obtuse angle turns. Uh, but... I will say the whole thing, like, it's not as complicated as you think. Honestly, it's just she's a femme fatale. It's a classic femme fatale story where this guy meets this woman and appears nice, and then it turns out she plays him the whole time. Yeah. And and the, the plot was all about her getting what she wanted. And she almost got all everything she wanted, but she just got shot at the end. She yeah. fucked around and found out. That's what happened. I, I'm not. So, I, I wouldn't say that I think it was too complicated. I, again, I, I could see the idea of that plot working. I, it's that you, but you said it was too complicated for you to care, so that implies that it was. No, I said I was uninterested. Therefore, I didn't care because I could follow it. It's not like I couldn't follow it. There, I went. Uh, what happened? Like I didn't, I didn't fall apart. Like I followed the whole thing. It's just like, all right, well that happened. That seems kind of stupid. It seemed like it's certain points, and because there are plot holes with it, which I know it's a, it's a Bond film. Like there's plot holes in all of them, but mm-hmm. like because of that, and it stuck out. It's like, well now I'm less interested because well that's a big gap. And you you just did you just left it there, and and maybe I wanted more out of the other because I was I felt like they really did tease the whole idea of the guy that turns out to be the henchman has this really cool backstory of why he is the way he is and that's great motivation like don't use that one as the guy that ends up being the henchman that's that's a better thing to use in a movie on its own use the one where the guy has lesser or it seems more easily manipulated maybe i don't know i mean again i i'm not i'm not saying like oh this is bad and i'm like think everybody should hate it like it, i i can get why someone would like it it's just i wasn't interested oh, i didn't in like it with so <laughs> so i mean I, I don't know i mean i just think that I, any, I can look at. I'm trying to think of other films right off the top of my head that I can think of that, if I wasn't interested in the character, I wouldn't care. 
I mean, I wasn't try, I wasn't trying to carry on your opinion. I just thought the Chris Nolan thing was kind of a. Uh, that's not really. A oh, I'm. I, I, yeah, you're right. I was being facetious with that. That that's that's <laughs> like far too like dramatic. But but uh, what I, I guess where I was getting at though was like, again, they 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 took turns. In some ways, it just felt like they took them so quickly, rather than letting it guide and, and be there. Like you can make a turn without it just being so abrupt, just to get the shock value out of it. So I, a little I, I bit. Know. Like I mean, I'm saying like the Kazakh. All of a sudden, we're going to Kazakhstan. Thing felt very sudden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, beyond that, the Renard dude, like, I feel like he's 50-50. There's some potential there. It was unfulfilled. Also, yeah, he Mary. sold he sold too much to be invulnerable. <laughs> like, I was thinking about that every time he got to fist fight with him and shit. I was like, why are you selling? You're supposed to no-sell. <laughs> His character would have benefited a lot more with, them, like, the classic trope of him having – you know, he had the moment there where he clearly identified with that little run-in in the movie where he knew where Bond was hurt uh, when he's trying to escape with Denise Richards' character after. Like, sure, that's there, but it would have benefited far more for he and Bond to have just a very straightforward, like, interaction or confrontation, and he clearly dominates him through the fact yeah, that... Yeah, they should have yeah, had a fight, anything. and, mm-hmm. like, Bond gets the upper hand, and then Renard beats him by exploiting that weakness. That's exactly. screenwriting. Absolutely, yeah. it, and then you could tie that into what their final, uh, their final uh, encounter is. You could tie into the fact that Bond has to find a way to outsmart the guy who can't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, that's. I mean, he doesn't pale him with a plutonium rod. That's pretty cool. That was pretty, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty dope. <laughs> they also had a fight where again he's hitting him and he's doing these things and it's stunning the guy who can't feel anything like yeah well i mean at some point there are also physics like you know he hits someone hard enough their their body's gonna react in yeah, some yeah, way. he would still react it's just like at the same time he was still selling it it's just like i get maybe he just couldn't yeah. do that but it made me think about like jaws about like how like jaws isn't invulnerable to pain they never say that he's just this big motherfucker with metal jaws but yeah. it's just like every time roger moore fights him he has like no effect on him at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would have looked at maybe Jaws for inspiration for that. Maybe I don't know, get a bigger guy. Yeah, like, he's he has such a small stature. Like he's a short little bald guy. Like Pierce Brosnan's bigger than he is. And he's like, unless that, like Pierce Brosnan's a small man or anything. It's just I thought, you know, I feel like this should be a bigger guy. And and I know he's like trying to play up this like no emotion, no pain, no feelings kind of thing. Like when he's sitting in the bed with Electric King, um, and I'm guessing they fucked, and it was probably sucked because she looked depressed after fucking him. Yeah, she looked very disappointed. I mean, of course, this guy can't feel shit anyway, allegedly. And I don't know. It's like, can you really get into sex if you don't feel it? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that scene this time, and I never thought about this before, but. Is that isn't is she maybe like just still manipul like she's like negging him? She's probably like, he's I, like, I, Oh, you're so I soft and warm. That. And she's like, How the fuck would you know, weirdo? And like he gets upset. <laughs> and I feel like that's motivating him more so to kill himself for her. It's like I, why I, I, he like, just I used to think up. that scene was nothing, but during this last this last watch, I was like, Oh shit, this is more of her being an evil bitch. Like this is this is more for being the villain. Yeah, I think he straight up says, "Why are you being like this?" Yeah, I think <laughs> like, it's emotionally hurt him. <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of like the part where he's like, "Was he better?" 
<laughs> like better in bed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, he's he's almost like incel fucking cuck land pretty much. I mean, he pretty much was a cuck. I know it's a cliche, but that is something men say sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that actually it fits with the character after you know it. But see, that's the th I think that's the problem that I have. And just follow me here. Just go with it. No. It, does, it, it fits with what you said earlier. They did something different. But how many other Bond films do you have to go back and watch multiple times to catch those subtle things or to expect? So that's that the it thing. Actually... I've seen all these like, I'm sure. I'm just saying, like, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, how many of them, like, would you have to, if you told a stranger who'd never watched a film before, hmm. like, you could follow this and watch it and and be interested in it and, and keep up with it and then get all those little subtle things that happen the whole time. Like, how many I mean, times did you watch this film before you, you actually caught what you just said? How many times have you watched this specific movie? Well, no, that's not fair because 90% of the times I watched this movie, I was his kid. So, okay, oh, well, okay, and that's fair. So, like, as an adult... Since being maybe, an adult, I think this might be the first time I've seen this movie in, like, 15 years. Because yeah. every time I would think I'm going to watch a Pierce Brosnan movie, I would watch Goldeneye. Goldeneye. And uh, and twice I watched um, uh, Die Another Day because I was drunk and hate myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it, I guess it's for me. It's kind of like if I ordered a cheeseburger at a restaurant and and I got like like a more complex tasting pasta that also just didn't like taste very good. No, this is a cheeseburger. It's just they did something to it you didn't expect. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I like these, these movies yeah. live and die by, uh, no pun intended, these movies live and die oh. by, you know, the, the what you get out of it the first time you see it at the theater. That's that's how Bond movies are going to be popular. Uh, this I'm one made money. It was, it was a yeah. success. But I think ultimately, critically speaking, people, I, I don't know how people look back on this movie, actually. Like, I think I, everyone agrees it's not as bad as the next one, and it's not as good as the first one. I, I think It and Tomorrow Never Dies both exist in that, well, it's not Goldeneye, kind of. I of. actually read the online reception, or not online reception, but the old reception and some after the fact, like, you know, mm -hmm. several years later. And it, it seems mixed. It seems like people really fucking hate this movie, calling it, like, one of the worst ones. And I'm like, yeah. what ones do you like? I'd like to know. Like, what I mean, the fuck? <laughs> to be fair, there's more than a dozen Bond movies that are far better than this movie but i'd i'd yeah. venture to say there's several that are worse there's a lot that are worse and maybe one day we're gonna get into it i'm gonna have to you know i'm, I'm gonna have to put some proper nouns to that statement but for now i'll just say this is this is not the worst bond movie and i don't even think it's in the bottom five it might not even be in the bottom it's definitely not in the bottom five well ign said it was well, well fuck them <laughs> no, and not to toot my own horn, but like this was kind of the first time I watched this movie since somewhat watching it in 1999 on VHS. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it's like this was my first time watching a lot of these movies again. Like, yeah, I watched Goldeneye with some friends, but I was like kind of drunk and I don't really remember, didn't really remember a lot of it. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I like it. It was fun. I liked it more than the last one, even. Uh, really? Yeah, Whoa. well, the fucking duck. I hate the villain in that one. It's 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 ridiculous. I'm gonna start. Hey, you fucking Mark, you're supposed to hate him. That's the no, point. He's a villain. Stupid. You, 
You work because yourself into like, a shoot. This is a Bond movie. You're supposed to enjoy the villain. <laughs> Blofeld is awesome. I love Blofeld. Uh, yeah. Goldfinger is awesome. I love Goldfinger. I love fucking uh, Doctor No is pretty cool. He's all right, yeah. I guess. But uh, no. fucking yeah, Alec Trevelyan is awesome. I love Alec Trevelyan. You know. Yes, he's great too. No, I just thought he was stupid because he wanted to destroy the world so he could get media coverage, and it's like. Well, you're gonna lose half your media coverage when you destroy the world. Good job. What the fuck? The end. They're <laughs> they're doing a thing where they're trying to make the, uh, this is this is uh, we're seeing MGN Eon Productions. We're seeing them try to make Bond more grounded in a more grounded because yeah. after Roger Moore, everyone was like, "This is getting fucking ridiculous." It, it, yeah, there they was tried a bit with Dalton, but there was still a little bit of uh, uh, of hyperbole going on. And this bit. is them laying it out, seeing what does and doesn't work. But then the Daniel Craig movies come along, and they finally nail it. They finally figure out how to make Bond realistic, uh, sort of. It's funny you say it's yeah, more. Yeah. It's funny you say more grounded because I'm on IMDb, and the first top review user review, a better, more grounded Bond. <laughs> That's the title of it. Yeah, uh, it's it's about oil. Like, mm. how, how much more realistic can you get? It's about and some, the last one was about the news. It's about, <laughs> it's about some billionaire bitch who just wants to, like, become an oil baroness that, that gets all the money from all the dumbass Western countries that don't want to get their own oil. That's what it's about. Because it belongs to her family. Yeah. Yeah, but we took a lot of unnecessary steps to get there. I don't know. I think compared to the last one, like, I, I'm not saying that I think the, the last movie was a good movie either. It was fine. I enjoyed it enough as I watched it, but it was like, a good movie, despite its flaws. It's like, to me. I might, yeah. I mean, it had flaws. Like, yeah, it's far from that. I agree with you. The logic's up there, but I think it's the thing is I just couldn't get into this one. And then, it, like, because they were doing all these extra things, I just, I don't know. Just like for me, it didn't work. Like, I maybe watching it back, if I gave it another chance, maybe some of those other things would stick. And I was like, okay, well, I get that now, but. I think I'm. I was so disinterested by it. Like, like I don't think are I can you, recommend this one to another person. You kind of person like, oh, watch this Bond movie. A movie's got to get you within like the first fifteen minutes, or you just you just don't care. Are you one of those people? No, not at all. Like I watched Inception one time, and I I followed it the whole time. Had no problems. Okay, like I, mean, I, I, I typically have no problem with this. I don't. I mean, mean, he like, doesn't mean like you don't understand the plot. He means like if oh okay. He means like if I just enjoy it, then you're checked yeah. out for two hours. Not necessarily, and maybe to be fair, maybe the setting for me was different. Like I, I've watched the other two. I was at home, I was, and I watched this one with like parts like broken up in between while I was at work. So that probably was sitting there. So like I watched it, and I mean I get to watch a solid like first half of the movie with uninterrupted. So and I just wasn't like like okay, all right, there's that. But uh, but then I think the last like half got broken up a couple times. But mm-hmm. I mean for the most part, it was largely uninterrupted. Yeah, well, you, you have to agree that that's got to be detrimental to a movie's appreciation. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying it isn't, but at the same time, I had that first entire like hour, hour and five minutes or something to to watch it, and I wasn't pulled in. So like, I wasn't like raring to get back to to uh, see the rest of the film. It's like, okay, well, I'll watch this. It was almost like homework. Like, okay, I gotta watch this. I think Bond. I think Bond being too grounded. Kind of loses its like spectacle a little bit. Wrong, and... wrong. When we watch Casino Royale, we're gonna revisit that statement. 
Okay. The real Casino Royale, not the shitty one. Not the shitty one we already watched. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. <laughs> God. Now I'm really confused. Which one are you guys talking about? The new, the one, the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. The old yeah, one. That's gonna be a good the really one. old one we watched already from like 1967-ish, whatever. Is that the one with all the different bonds? <laughs> that yeah. Don't ever watch that fucking movie. Yeah, let's okay, not you, you are actually saying the Daniel Craig one's the good one. Okay, good. Because I, I don't I'm know. I'm assuming I'm, I'm getting the reception. Or are we getting the reception like in general that the Daniel Craig Bond films are like? Okay, I, mean, I don't know if that's like the progression. Are we naturally moving to to watch those as well? I mean, I don't think or... it's a spoiler or a secret that the Daniel Craig films are very well received and big earners. I've never seen it yet, so I'm coming into this new Daniel Craig. <laughs> Like, like I said, we're going to revisit that thought that you just yeah. had, because I really think these movies are them trying to figure it out and missing a lot of the time, but they're going to they're gonna get it. They're going to get you there. It's still caught up in, like, 90s fluff and pizzazz. Yeah, there's still a little bit of we have to get a bunch of promotional stuff and a bunch of this action garbage. There's still big action spots in it, but at the end of the day, Casino Royale is about a card game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to say this, um, there are parts where I do recommend, uh, they do try some new things to me. I didn't like the flow of this, so I'm not going to fully recommend it. Um, because listen, I had full attention. It's not like I was playing a game. It's not like I was surfing the internet or looking at Twitter. Um, I was, I was all eyes were on the TV or my monitor because that's where I watch movies. Um, and I was like, no, it's not hitting. It's not hitting any bells for me. Like, Tomorrow Never Dies, it was hitting almost all the bells for me. As much as hokey as this uh, Steve Jobs, you know, uh, <laughs> tried to cause World War Three just so that he can get more clicks on his website. Um, even though the, how hokey that was, I still had fun. Like... Nothing, uh, I'm trying to think, nothing was fun about <laughs> this movie. The world is not enough when I try to think about it. There was never a fun moment, but I guess that's where the grounded were. Uh, you know, Electric King, M being taken, uh, oil, um, everything was serious. I don't know. I I'm going to give it a really, really low recommendation. Let's simplify that. Would you recommend this to people that like James Bond? Wow, you can't even answer it that quickly. No. <laughs> um, if anything, I I'd always say Goldeneye or Tomorrow Never Dies. If if I had to choose between the Brosnan uh, movies, I wouldn't put this at all. I I'd, I'd probably let's go watch Goldeneye. Let's watch uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, and let's go watch some Sean Connery. Fuck I, I can't wait till next week because you guys are gonna be like, I miss the world is not enough. So just because <laughs> the next movie is much worse does not mean that that makes this one better. Right? Yes, it does. No, <laughs> this movie just eh. any port in a storm. And if that I I yeah, I can't enough. I can't recommend it to anyone outside of <laughs> like if you were if you're in the spot of you have to like you're wanting to be a completionist and watch all the Bond films and sure go at it but I'm, otherwise I'm not recommending it but that's pointless because you're gonna watch it anyway so <laughs> and we just spoiled it for you so fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> 21 year old movie or whatever yeah. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give Zach the last word and I'll say uh, I do recommend this movie. You guys put me in a really awkward position because I didn't think anyone was going to really hate this movie. So I was going to come in and, and talk about how um, the action suffers and that that's the leg that the James Bond movies stand on. But I had to fucking throw it in reverse, switch gears here and then champion this movie's cause because honestly, it's not that bad. And I, a lot of this might be... Um, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. I really liked it then. And now now I'm seeing another side of it, like where she turns out to be the villain. Um, I, I read an interesting quote from an interview with Barbara Broccoli, you know, looking back at Bond movies. And she said she likes this one because Bond thinks he's found Tracy and he ends up finding Blofeld in that character. Huh. I was like, oh, that shows a lot of appreciation for like Bond history and stuff, and it's interesting too because when he kills her, you can tell he's upset about it. So maybe he really did fall for her, but it was just her being an evil, manipulative, you know, psychopath oil baron. It turns out. So I found a lot in this movie that I didn't know was there before. So I mean, of course, I recommend it. I think even um, we watched a bunch of Roger Moore movies that I do not care for much. But I think even at the end of those episodes, if you go back and listen to them, I still recommend them. Like I just like <laughs> James Bond too fucking much. I'm too much of a fanboy. My my opinion can't count for too much sometimes, just because I'm such a, a blind zealot when it comes to James Bond movies. But I mean, I'll be critical. I'll I'll admit this is in the bottom twenty five percentile of James Bond movies. But it's still fun. I still think I still yeah. so so plot twist. I actually did like the movie, but I manipulated you into dying on the hill of defending it just to hear it out because that fits with the theme of the movie. Did that make any sense? No. Yes. No, it didn't exactly. Just like the movie. Oh, All right, exactly. <laughs> because that sounds like something you do anyway. These people don't know you like I do. Ah, ah there it is. See? No, I like this movie. I like this movie. <laughs> um. It's fun. It was. It, it's a little uneven in certain areas, but like something, I, I don't know, something about how hard they tried. Damn it! And certain elements just coming together for me anyway uh, make it work for me. Um, and I, I like that they re- they they pulled back. They, I feel like they found the balance for Pierce Brosnan in this movie between. Well, I'm gonna make a joke and. I'm going to be serious for a minute. Yeah. He was super serious. That's yeah. fine. That felt like Timothy Dalton more, more than him. Uh, and this one, this is where I feel like, yeah, that's, that's the Pierce Brosnan. That's the one I know. There he is. Um, yeah, that's it. I've yeah. said everything else I can say. <laughs> yeah. Denise Richards has uneven parts of her body, but anyway, uh, uh, so next week we're going to be talking about I think I'll die another day or I'll die another day on that day I, I oh by the way we didn't even talk about the, the intro of the music who did the intro music for this one garbage <laughs> I know very little about that band uh, the intro to this one the music's okay in my opinion it's serviceable the the video part of it though is really cool the oil motif and it's all like the weird colors and stuff i like that a lot it, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounded a lot like them at their sound was similar and garbage always makes me think of the video game gran turismo because the song i think i'm paranoid was was highlighted i think on oh yeah that i totally forgot about that yeah yeah 
yeah so i don't know i always that's what i always think of when i i hear that uh that band at all as i just think of that so well i i I could definitely give you a sneak peek i fucking hate madonna in the next fucking i've heard yeah you said in every podcast you've brought it up once or twice yes (laughs) i'm seriously looking forward to seeing this next movie like even more than all these other ones just because of how much has been built (laughs) on I'm gonna gonna take Dubs hates the theme and I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna I'm gonna do something here. And I know we always separate it by a lot, but you gotta suffer through that one. But then Casino Royale has one of the best Bond themes ever. Chris Cornell, awesome, God, great. So I am going to take the the stance of I already know what to expect with this movie. So I'm going to try to watch it and I'm just going to find any silver linings and, and try to really appreciate the things There's, they tried to do or they did do correctly. Wait. There's some in there. I, I, I invite you to bring them to the table. Maybe I was too harsh on this other movie, given context. Because I get how this movie could be perceived as a good movie. It just didn't click for me. That, that's... And I'll be fair. I'm going to watch this next movie sober this time. See if that makes a difference. But I do. That, <laughs> that might help. Uh, okay, so remember to watch that and then come back here and hear us hate about it. Or maybe maybe we might find someone that will like it. Maybe Zach will like it. Maybe I'm I- keeping an open mind. Although yeah. I hated it when I initially watched it back when I didn't care about any of this stuff. And I can't <laughs> wait. Mind. And, and now you're invested in the characters. And you're yeah. supposed to see it and be like, well, actually. Blah, blah. But I do know for a fact that it has a really good fight scene in it. So look forward to that. And some pretty cars. Mm. Ah, but whatever we'll save that for next week all right let's get some news that matter to us i'll get this out of the way um xbox is uh selling fuzzy controllers for the new sonic movie and oh, we're gonna talk about that okay. yeah and i i was like why it's so weird like holding fuzzy fucking controllers like what the fuck the only thing i can think of is um What's left to be done with controllers? Like, they've all got weird art. You guys probably saw all this stupid, lol, they're making Sonic controller, but the, the analog stick's blue, and it looks like his dick. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, and they got controllers that glow, and they got controllers that have fans built into the handles, and Microsoft's got a $180 super controller, and they got, you know, guitar controllers, and katana controllers, and drum Chainsaws. controllers, and... They don't have sex toy know, controllers. How, how uh, yeah, it came with uh, Res for PS2 and Japan. But, um, like, what they're like, design a Sonic controller, and I want it to get press. And you're like, at home, stressed, trying to design a Sonic the Hedgehog controller. Someone already made the Sonic Dick controller, so that's out the window. You can't do that. You're going to lose your job. Your wife's going to leave you. <laughs> you're going to lose the house. You just took out a second mortgage on this son of a bitch. Got it. I'll make it furry. I'll make a furry controller. Yeah. That's... Here we are talking about it. It worked. The guy kept his job. Well, I didn't know about it until five minutes before we started this podcast, and every fiber of my being hates the idea of this furry controller. No, I mean, what are the two? What are the two things that happen to your controllers? They, they get, get sweaty filthy. and they get shit all over them. They get disgusting. What is this? Uh, yeah. Not to mention, like, maybe for some people, like 
texture-wise, maybe that's going to be something that is pleasing to some people. I can tell you now, we're going to read the news about some kid with autism who loses their shit when they touch this, and they go off and, like, murder a cat or something, <laughs> or go on a rampage. Like, it's going to happen. Like, get ready. Someone is going to lose their shit, and someone is going to get hurt over one of these controllers. And I'm just... not even joking. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> I just think eventually, like, depending on somebody's, like, personal habits, this thing's going to end up like, you know how people have like a dog and they they keep it outside and they don't do anything with it? It's going to be like your dog was left outside for like a year and it's covered in like dingleberries and dried up <laughs> crusted mud bullshit. That's what that controller is going to look like. And you know, even if you are like a clean person, how are you supposed to clean it? You can't put it through the washing machine it's a controller give, a bath. <laughs> give, the, give the controller a bath like you no, would you can't. It's, it's electronics are you gonna like <laughs> are you gonna comb your controller so it doesn't get nuts and stuff yeah, gonna trim it? <laughs> does the fur grow back if you trim it i don't know oh, why not i guess we have to see if anybody pulls on it i guess <laughs> here's what's even funnier to me about this though is like this comes with a it's a bundle it's part of a bundle for like a special xbox too and the Xbox is the stupid bullshit Series S one that nobody fucking wants. And I think that's funny. <laughs> they better make the Xbox fuzzy. If the Xbox isn't fuzzy, then this is bullshit. <laughs> Imagine getting a fuzzy Xbox and it goes on fire. Oh, God, that would be terrible. I think the Xbox is fuzzy on the bottom part of it. Like, if you stand it up. It's like the, mm. you know where the fan is, the big circular fan thing. That's like a gold ring. Like that's the brass ring that Wardlow grabbed, and, <laughs> and then like uh, it's, the bottom part of it has like a little bit of fuzz. I think it's important to point out that they announced these controllers for a contest, so it's not even like it's a serious like you can't go to GameStop and pick one of these up. Sadly, <laughs> yeah, sadly. sadly. Um, I'm trying to think what other news. Uh, Harry Potter game apparently is coming out. I don't care. Um, I yeah. Other than that, do you have any news? <laughs> Zach, do you have any news? I have news. What's the uh, news? Uh, Amazon bought MGM. We've been talking about James Bond a bunch, and then like that that happened. Uh, it became news when we were talking. Oh, when did we review Roger Moore? Was it last summer? Last spring? I thought it was like two Novembers ago or something. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. But... It might have been. It stretched on for a while because he did so many of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot of passionate views about what this could mean, but honestly, we would be retreading old ground. Like, listen to the old Roger Moore episodes. We talk about this at nauseum, but uh, I think at the end of the day, they want the Bond catalogs that they can put it on a streaming service because that's going to make them a lot of money. And Eon Product, like from what I understand, part of it was Eon Productions is still going to be making the Bond movies. I don't know if there's going to be any huge changes to the Bond franchise, but that's yet to be seen. TV shows. Watch, I guarantee you, it's going to be TV shows. Maybe they want the rights to be able to make a television show because that's where the money is now. And that I, uh, suck. I was surprised at the small amount of money that they bought the studio for. Really, yeah, it was like ninety-five million dollars or something. I was like, that's all. Well, I wonder. How, I wonder how much money they lost when the whole pandemic happened. Because remember, we're like, "Oh, <laughs> that new Bond movie's coming out." Oh, wait, it's getting delayed. It got delayed again. And then, it, and then it finally came out, and like nobody gave a shit. That might have really hurt them. That kind of reminds me of uh, 
so I guess this is also this is just a brief snippet, but there's still that whole Activision Blizzard, Microsoft's buying Activision Blizzard thing is still ongoing, and they still try to squeeze every last goddamn drop out of the story that they can, even though nothing's happening and nothing's probably going to happen for another year or two. Um, and like uh, some representative from Activision Blizzard said, if the sale falls through, there's going to be major financial repercussions. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Like their stock is gonna plummet and all this other shit. Good. That would actually be hilarious if that happens. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I, after I saw that, the, I thought the only reason they would really come out and say that is that there's probably a decent chance of that happening. <laughs> so who knows what's gonna happen now? Um, the other thing was uh, I saw some today about like PS5 Pro details came out, and. I don't know. It's going to have more powerful, you know, hardware and be better at ray tracing. That's the new buzzword. Yeah. Uh, What's the source on this? There's multiple sources. Like, I don't know. It's like, uh, let me see. Uh, uh, I'm still waiting for the Switch Pro. I don't think that's ever happening now. <laughs> the original sources from Red Gaming Tech, which I think is a YouTube channel, and Sony, it, it's. I guess it's info Sony's dropped themselves. Um, well, like a shareholder meeting or something? I think so, something like that. I just uh, wonder, because people are always saying, oh, it's, it's, for instance, Switch Pro definitely coming, confirmed, E3, this E3. Well, you know, I've seen, clicks, and then E3 rolls around, and there's no fucking Switch Pro. I've seen specs, and I've seen the flops. The, the You know, everybody likes to talk about flops now, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope it's true because uh, I'm on record saying I really want a PlayStation 5, but I'm not completely in love with how the console looks. I, I know it's pedantic and stupid and lame, but I just know, like if, if, they could, if they could make a cooler looking one, that'd be good for me. Oh, they already have. They just replace the plates on it. Yeah, cool. it's still the same shape. I still, th- I still think it looks like a piece of like modern art. Yeah, you got to pay $50 for those plastics. I'm gonna Gosh, paint it. Just it take it off there and good. take it in the backyard and spray paint them suckers. It's a tower fam. To me, that I would actually pay fifty dollars to change how it looks. But, yeah, uh, okay. Look at him. I got the fridge, the tower fan, and the the fancy white switch. That's like, hey, I'm cool, guys. Look at but, me. Yeah, I, I really love how how Microsoft and Sony went to opposite ends of the design spectrum. Because Sony was like, oh, it's like flowing angles. It looks like art. Microsoft is oh, it's a rectangle, man. I don't <laughs> play games. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's not even a box anymore. It's an <laughs> obelisk. Uh, but it's uh, allegedly that when this would drop is 2024, and that's a ways off from now, so... Yeah, Mark. So, does this say anything about how are they looking to try to do any of the rendering where it's it's like advanced to be 8K compatible? I remember seeing old specs about how even the PS5 model as it is is supposed to be capable of that when the time comes. That that's that's like gonna be something more often. About 8K. I remember yeah. a lot of that kind of talk when the PS3 dropped because they're like, oh, it's got a cell processor and we won't see its full potential for years and. I don't know. We never really, I mean, <laughs> games got better toward the end of the PlayStation 3, but I never felt like to the point that they had talked up cell processing. Yeah, that's happened with every generation. Though. I mean, think about how, like, again, they had to be fair, like, they, they did the whole PS4 Pro and PS4, but I mean, the, the PS4 was a great system even when it first came out, but my goodness, when you see right before PS5 era comes out and you look at games like um, Horizon Zero Dawn, 
or uh, you look at God of War, like those games look absolutely ridiculous with 4K. And that was a PS4 Pro. Like PS4 Pro ran that and it looked fantastic. And then like the PS5 and the, the whole generation, give the Xbox credit too, because things look great on that as well. Like it's better. And then they're like, oh, we can even do more. It's almost like they're advanced ahead of what is still capable in terms of uh, what the your, your television is going to output. So once that catches up, then it's capable of doing it. But again, it's just another reason for you to have to buy another machine whenever that next generation happens. It's like, we're, even though we keep getting promised the whole thing, it's like carried on a string, you'll have to still buy more hardware versus we ever, if we ever get to a point where that p- one piece of hardware is what you actually keep long-term and you just keep buying streaming services. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe that won't be the case, but I, I don't see why they wouldn't do that unless they keep running into the problem they're running in now is where people can't get it. And there's a whole secondary market to actually buy the systems. I mean, that's, that's the problem I think they're going to face. Well, I have a PS5 pro people can get PS5s right now. So why would mm-hmm. you go onto a next, the next thing, you know, no. that's their plans is say, fuck it and ignore all the old components and use new components and just re- redo it. Yeah. I think that's what I was saying before we recorded is it seems like it's smart for them and Microsoft and maybe even Nintendo look to do a hardware revision that uses more accessible parts. Cause I mean, if you can get hardware on shelves, you're going to make sales right now because people are still looking for these things. So that, that might be, that might be the way to go right there. But I know it's not, you can't just uh, turn right around and have a new console design out. That's not realistic. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows what's going to happen? Not, this is, this is unprecedented. This whole, it's been a year and a half and you still can't buy consoles thing. It's very interesting. Yeah, give me resistance. By the way, I I want either another game or remake resistance. I want hate too. <laughs> yeah, give me that. <laughs> give Halo me... Killer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Amphetamines. <laughs> uh, other than that, any other news? No. All right, I think we're gonna sign it off here. Uh, die another day next next Tuesday. Will there be anybody that will like it? Tune in yes. next week. Probably not. And then, of course, we've got Thursday. Right, we're doing getting some color. Color yep. Thursday. Yep. That's right. New logo. I'm so excited. If you if you're gonna watch video, have a new logo for getting some color. It looks sweet. So I'm very excited. I've only watched one half of our other shows, but man, the one I watched it was great. <laughs> very surreal. Yeah. So we're gonna be doing that on Thursday. If you want to catch Getting Some Color or Big Trouble Little Podcast or the Nemesis Project or our future Metal Gear pro- podcasts, make sure you go to Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa. Play fucking Big Trouble Little Podcast, motherfucker. Play it. Anyway, we're going to side off here. Everybody have a good night. I like my martini. Shaken, not stirred. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bad guys out. Check us out on Crackle. <laughs>